Hello and welcome to this episode of our York and in Stigma Let's Talk Mental Health podcast. Here at York and in Stigma, we're all people with our own experience of mental ill health, poor mental health, mental illness, however we want to describe it for ourselves. Today we're going to be talking about mental health and bullying. My name is Emma and I am the coordinator for the York End Stigma Project and today I'm joined by three of our fantastic volunteer champions. I'm joined by Richard. Hello. Dan. Hello. And Lauren. Hello. And what we'll do for our regular listeners, you'll know that we always start off um, just with a little kind of round of introduction and a bit of an overview of your experiences related to mental health and of course related to today's subject, uh, which is bullying. Richard, would you like to go first with just a little overview of your experience? Um, yes, I suffer from OCD. That's my main mental health issue. Um, I also have suffered with depression and I've also got borderline personality disorder. Um, the bullying that I suffered at school was in secondary school and it overlapped with um, my first symptoms of, of, of mental illness um, and I've long suspected the two were connected. Um, I mean I may have acquired the mental health conditions anyway but um, certainly I think it was exacerbated by the bullying. Um, for me, it was mainly homophobic bullying. Um, it seemed that people at school knew that I was gay even before I did. Um, so it was something that I was struggling to come to terms with anyway. Um, but you know, on a daily basis, I would get verbal abuse, taunts, um, being called nasty names. Um, you know, walk, just walking down the corridors between lessons, going to another classroom, um, there'd invariably be people sort of calling me names, pointing at me, laughing, sneering, this sort of thing. Um, did a, luckily, I didn't experience much in the way of um, physical violence. Um, I mean, I did get punched once or twice, but in the main, it, it was just verbal abuse and people deliberately excluding me, isolating me. Um, saying things like, oh, you know, that's the gay boy and um, just very alienating. And, and when you're struggling to come to terms with your sexuality anyway, um, that sort of thing caused a, a lot of anxiety and, and, and eventually um, depression as well. Thank you, Richard. And already um, picking up on things that we'll, we'll come back to once we've heard from Dan and Lauren, but really interesting to hear you say about being excluded. So I've got a very kind of traditional view of bullying in my mind, which is that kind of um, the verbal name calling and you know, or maybe grabbing the bag or the lunch money or that. I've got a very stereotypical view. For me, I've not experienced bullying. I went to... Um, Back in the day, and that's something that would be interesting to hear what, what because homophobic bullying, you can only hope things are better these days. I suspect there might not be, um, but it'd be interesting to know um, just a, a rough idea of your age, Richard, or, or the time, like decade that you were at secondary school, because I think that might be quite helpful for some context. Um, but I think, yeah, some really interesting points already that I'm thinking, oh, yes, we'll definitely um, come back and, and talk to that. And for me, probably going to be quite eye opening because. I've not, there wasn't much bullying at my school and we were told, I can remember at the time, like we were quite an unusual year group. So this isn't something I have much um, experience of. But interesting you're saying you don't know whether you had developed um, mental health conditions or, or not because I didn't experience bullying, but I don't have perfect mental health. So really, really interesting. Um, but before we come back to you in more detail, Richard, um, Dan, would you just like to give a bit of a summary of, of your experience, please? Yeah, um, well, basically, uh, I've had 
my diagnosis is obsessive compulsive disorder as well. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 21 and um, I've probably had it since I was 11 years old. And uh, um, I've also had depression as well. And, and I was at my worst in my twenties, but I did, have, I did have issues when I was at school and I, I didn't know I had issues. I would say at school, the bullying was really bad. It was really out of control. I got some of the bullying. I got called offensive names a lot. And uh, I think I internalized some of that and sort of, it, I sort of, all the bad names almost fed into my own worries and things. So it was really, really bad. But um, also a couple of my best friends were really badly bullied. And because I was friends with them, I was also excluded. So... The bullying was really bad at school and um, I think a lot of people got it and it was out of control really. I think there was a focus on exam results, but the environment was quite unpleasant. The kids weren't any really worse in any way. It just sort of wasn't controlled, the bullying, and sort of a lot of people were victim of it. It was really bad, I think, and it, it did impact on my obsessive compulsive disorder. It sort of, I think it made it a lot worse and, and I think I just became a lot more anxious person really and it sort of, uh, and as, as Richard said, I, by... I felt excluded. I felt excluded by being friends with people who were also bullied. Because people didn't want anything to do with me because I was friends with them and sort of. So, it, it, it was, but it was mainly psychological bullying. I didn't get much physical bullying. I sort of. It was mainly really offensive names. Sort of. Uh, some of them were more lighthearted, and some were more nasty than others. Some were a bit more. Some were more like banter. It, it depended on the context, but it was. Yeah, it was just a bit out of control bullying at my school, really. You know, so. And just to, it sounds like it was secondary school, Dan. But secondary just school, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. It was a, a bit of primary school, but mainly secondary yeah. school, yeah, yeah. And really interesting. And in a way, shows kind of strength of character from you because to be friends with a couple of people who are being bullied, almost in a way, and this is a very, you know, it's not as black and white as this, obviously, but in a way, like, you could have potentially had an easier life, in inverted commas, by walking away from your two friends who were experienced with and joining, like, the other the other gangs at school. I, so it, I actually on. felt guilty that I didn't protect them, actually. Really? Some of them were physically bullied, and I didn't actually, but I was friends with them. I thought yeah. I should have protected them or something. I actually felt guilt because oh, of that. Oh, damn. Well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Whereas, actually, a lot of people might have walked away from yeah, that yeah. and gone, I don't need this in my life type thing. Oh, gosh, so on top of that, though, so really, already, just from hearing from Richard and, and you now, Dan, lots of interesting things to come back to. But before we get too far into that, Lauren, how about you? What's your experience? Um, well, the my mental health issues started before um, bullying started, or at least I think they did. Um, I experienced social anxiety from like the age of six. Obviously, didn't know what it was then. Um, some sort of context on that. I'm also autistic. Didn't know until I was 27. Um, that's when I got my diagnosis. I was bullied right through from ages of eight to eighteen. Um, wow, from, so sorry, Lauren. Yeah. I know you're like it's your experience, but ten years of consistent—if it is consistent—blimey—that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. It, um, yeah, it does. <laughs> to, to the surprise of nobody, it really like erodes your self-esteem. Um, yeah. Makes you feel like you're rotten to me at all um, for various reasons, um, including my parents. Um, I had jaw surgery when I was 20 to kind of correct my jaw. Um, it, I had like a, I never know what to call it. It was an overbite. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I had like sticky out teeth until I was 20. Um, yeah. And also, yeah, I think everyone knew I was autistic before I did, oh, which is okay. like I knew I was different, but I didn't know what it was. Um, yeah. And also I was academically quite good. And yeah, I stood out for that reason. Oh, okay. So just picking up on that, Lauren, because I think I mentioned earlier, I, you know, of that age, or I don't know, probably still exists, not 100% sure, did the 11 plus and I went to, it was it was still a um, like council run school, but it was the, the grammar school for me. And so everybody by default had some standard of, you know, academic ability. Um, but was that the case for you, Lauren, or were you really standing out for your academic ability? Were you in a kind of mixed ability school? If that's, um, probably that's uh, if that offends anyone, I'm really sorry. I don't know what other words to well to use because everybody's. I might as well just say the school where I went to, but it's changed its name since then. Um, Canley, but <laughs> look at me like that. <laughs> well, I didn't grow up in York, so this isn't meaning anything um, to me, Lauren. So, so basically, <laughs> it's obviously meaning things yeah. to people around the room. But basically, was it just a, like a comprehensive? Yeah, school? it's yeah. considered a rough school. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. So you really, so to, just to set the scene here, so you're really standing out for kind of. Yeah. So I can like highest end type is B's, C's. So I can kind of have these visions of like, again, I might be really stereotypical here, Lauren, so please correct me if I'm wrong. That kind of class SWAT sort of type. Oh, so top type. end. Yeah. Yeah. So people maybe like, and I didn't, the worst thing was that I didn't want to stand out in that way. Like, I was I was already anxious about being different, like because I knew I was different, and I also I think I knew I wasn't straight at that point, but yeah. I didn't know whether I was gay or something else. Um, I'm bi now, um, like I know I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and I think if I'd come out of school, that would have been even worse. Oh, so that was something that after after you yeah. left school, yeah. Wow. Well, already, just from hearing from the three of you, lots of different things going on. Bullying for like different different reasons. One thing that stuck out for me, which I think is consistent across with you, obviously, Lauren, you've mentioned about the, the age eight to 18, so that 10 year. But Richard, you said about like, you just said daily basis between every lesson, that kind of relentless sort of, and I just think I've struggled with my mental health um, for a very long time, including throughout my schooling, I don't know how I would have coped if I'd have, on top of everything else, then had every day somebody just feeding into that negativity. So if it's um, okay, it'd be really helpful maybe for our listeners, Richard, to hear a bit more about that and how that impacted on you. What, if anything, you did or were able to do out there because hindsight isn't that a wonderful thing now we're all adults and older and looking back and go oh, should have done that or why didn't I ignore this why didn't I this that it's not that simple is it so just if you're okay Richard just expand a bit more on kind of how often it it was and that impact on you and, and what if anything did you do to kind of lessen the impact um yeah like I say I mean it was if not on a daily basis, then an, an almost daily basis. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like Dan was saying, I'd, I'd a similar experience in that it just made me incredibly anxious. Um, I mean, I probably was prone to anxiety anyway. Um, but... I lost a lot of confidence. Um, I didn't really have any self-esteem. Um, I always thought, and I always thought if people sort of showed an interest in me or seemed to like me, um, I always thought they must have ulterior motives or that it was fake. Um, and even today in my adult life, I do sometimes find it hard to take compliments even um so last i just want to pick up there so richard lasting effects you know stuff that happens to us now child or i can see some nods around the room here you know this isn't this kind of oh this happened when you were a child oh you move on get over it type thing this is like really kind of lasting um effects from what what you've said richard. yes yeah yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say so um, and it's something that I really hardly ever think about now. Um, and I've, I think I've actively repressed it um, because it's it's just too painful. Um, whenever I think about it, you know, I kind of get almost like a, a panic attack. You know, my heart starts to beat faster and breathing rate goes up. Um, and I think of myself then and how vulnerable I was. Um, now, I mean, if, if I'm bullied in my adult life now, um, the chances are that the bully will lose because I've just developed the skills and the tools to deal with it. But you just don't have that knowledge and that experience at such a young age. Um, and you tend to think that whatever people say you are, um, even if it's something really nasty and unpleasant, you tend to think that that really is you. Yeah. 
I, I can, mm. even though I've not experienced bullying, I can totally relate to that. You do experience. One thing I was, I was curious about, um, and then we'll get the views um, from Dan and Lauren as well. Did you, well, a couple of things. One is around support outside of school. So whether you felt you had, and if you're comfortable in answering, positive um, role models and relationships in your home life? Did you have external hobbies and groups that you went to that maybe wasn't school friends? Because I can only imagine, like in a way we can almost, not that we should have to, but deal with kind of one area of our life not so bad. You know, just thinking as, as adults, you know, we've got home life work like, and you can kind of like, with one's a bit off, you're sort of, oh, but you can kind of get a break from it when you're, you know, at home or at work or vice versa. Did you have a support network or was it kind of all areas of your life? Did you experience bullying, negativity? Um, and if you feel able to answer, Richard. Well, yeah, I didn't really, no, I didn't experience bullying outside of school. Um, but the exclusion sort of carried over um to outside of school so I didn't really have very many real friends and kids would go out playing with each other and I tended to stick at home in my room and yeah. um, I mean I did I certainly had interests I was interested in a lot of things but they tended to be very solitary interests and um, things like reading, you know, I used to read a lot, um, used to listen to music a lot in my room. And um, to some extent, that was an escape from it. But I was almost going to say was, that, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was still there in the background, you know, and I knew that, yeah, the weekend would come to an end, or the school holidays would come to an end, and I'd have to go back to... Um, to all that at school and I could I didn't feel that there was anyone I could tell about it either because I think I was embarrassed about being bullied I thought that it was it meant that I was weak you know that I couldn't stand up to them but and some people do I mean some people do say that they say well you know have a go back at them and but the thing about bullies is that they don't operate one-on-one. -on -one. It's always like a gang of people. You know, I'd sometimes see people who bullied me around school and they didn't do anything or say ah, anything okay. because yeah. they were on their own and they yeah. didn't have their friends there for, like, yeah. moral support. Lots of um, uh, agreement yeah. around the room for that, mm, Richard. Yeah. And also, um, Dan, you were nodding a lot when Richard was talking about... Um, solitary attitude, um, attitude, <laughs> solitary activities mm. and hobbies. So mm. the reading, the music. Mm, definitely. So yeah. is that, that kind of isolation carrying through into your kind of life beyond school, outside of school that, well, actually, if I'm isolated and marginalised within that community, maybe nobody wants to spend time with me or, you know, and these kind of I projections did, of things. So I just, spent, Yeah, I spent a lot of time listening to music and reading. It did give me a lot, quite a lot of comfort, actually, but it... I had a good support from my parents. There was a big contrast between school and home. I hated school, but home life was positive. So it was a big, but yeah, music was made a huge amount to me. It really sort of kept me going and reading. I love reading and love books. And so I, I much preferred my time at home. And, and I, I did sort of dreaded going to school. And as years went past, it got worse. I hated school more, really. I did academically well. But I was I, going to ask you I did, that. Yeah, I did academically work quite well, but... Um, and, I became more and more withdrawn as uh, school went on and more and more sort of, I was quite outgoing as a, in primary school, but secondary school, I just became more and more nervous, more and more anxious, more and more withdrawn, really. So that, that didn't really help. So I had, um, but yeah, my home life was good. So there's a definite cr contrast there, you know, so. And in a way, I don't know whether that was, you'd hope, <laughs> might be protective or, or helpful yeah, to mental was, health. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And one thing I was going to ask you, Dan, when you were introducing yourself, you mentioned about the school saying more interested in exam results than kind of, and you've just said, um, you know, you did well academic, because I was going to ask, did the bullying have a negative impact on your achievements at school? But you've said you, you, still, you did no, well at school. No, I still school. did well, yeah, so. 
But I suppose it's that, I guess for anybody, you know, listening who is in the teaching profession and, you know, I've got, it's been a long time since I was at school, so I've got no idea. I don't have children, so I don't know what's in place in terms of, um, you know, anti-bullying schemes and things like that in school. But, you know, I suspect, you know, teachers aren't daft. They know what's going on. And it sounds like you said, you know, it wasn't managed very well. And I just think... There were teachers that did, but some teachers it was totally out of control and... uh... Yeah, I became more and more introverted, I think, and sort of lost the confidence to sort of interact a bit, really. So that didn't help me, really. But, um, yeah, it was it, some some teachers totally couldn't cope at all and sort of it was really chaos, actually, you know. There were some good ones, but it, there was a contrast, you know. It was actually a grammar school. Okay. 11 plus, and it was all, bo- yeah. all boys together can be a... Can, or all girls yeah. can be a bad... Can be a bad thing, you know. That, yeah. Courage, competitiveness and the bullying and things and sort of... And um, some teachers, they used to sort of tear apart, really, you know, so, and, uh, yeah. It's so interesting hearing the different, and just to hear you saying about, you know, the, the boys' grammar, you know, and I'm uh, going to the, the girls' grammar, but those very different experiences. Now, Lauren, you were nodding in agreement um, with lots of things that were said by both <laughs> Richard and Dan, and I wanted to throw something else into the mix. Is <laughs> So I'm just thinking, just listening to... Um, to Richard and Dan, and obviously we can see each other in, in the room. So we're of a certain age where social media, smartphones did not exist when we were at school. Lauren, you're a bit younger than myself yeah. and Richard and Dan, but I'm still not sure where you were. Like, so when you were in sixth form, you know, for example, was the? I'm just really interested because you haven't described as much as some of the others around what the <laughs> bullying involved so we've heard about ah, verbal no, some physical but online bullying has that been a thing in your experience or would you be happy just to just say a little bit more um, about your experience mostly verbal it was there okay. was a little bit of physical stuff but not as much yeah. just it was mostly verbal yeah um um i'm like i'm non-binary now but obviously it was all it was usually all girls because girls can be very very bitchy oh, okay um there was occasion. There was a couple of boys that were very weird, and they. Um, there was some very. You might, you're going to have to expand on that. Some, <laughs> some very that strange mean? things that went on in our school, and I'm, I'm not sure how to describe them. But there was, I guess, there was like a sort of element of cyberbullying because, back in when I was at secondary school, this was sort of like 2005 till 2010, which kind of gives away my age. Um, I'm 29. Yeah. <laughs> um and Facebook was in its infancy. Oh, okay. Um I had my profile picture stolen by one of these boys and put it as theirs. And I don't know what that was about. Oh really? Yeah. It, it was weird. <laughs> Just I mean, without obviously speaking to them and have a conversation, we don't know, but and I'm you know, this world of you know, it just didn't exist. When I was a child, and it wouldn't occur to me either. You know, I'm very naive to these things. It would never occur to me to steal somebody else's profile picture. So what? What on earth that even meant? Well, and I couldn't begin to tell you. But you know. um, all the more confusing with autism, meaning I can't work out people's intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. This this boy was very strange. And in terms of just back to some of the things that both Richard and Dan were saying about almost. I don't know if self-isolation is the right word, but did you have, in terms of outside interests of school, I don't know if you were, I don't know, whether it was arts, music, sports, you know, whatever. Did you have things where you weren't bullied or was it similar with Richard's sort of, Mm. you know, school life, the bullying, and then home life attended to stay indoors in your own room and do um, Um, solo hobbies, for want of a better phrase, I can't think. Or were you... I don't know what what was it like for you. Yeah, I used to, I, well, I used to and still do when my ADHD allows reading. Yeah, um, Lego. Um, still love Lego. Yeah. Um, yeah, mostly solo stuff like yeah music. Um, I did have guitar lessons when I was at school, and that kind of tailed off because I, my coordination is pants, and I can't work out where to put my fingers. Uh, yeah, it was more outside school stuff. Um, I started watching rugby when I was at secondary school, and that was kind of my escape on a weekend. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah, which is really good. So is that going, physically going to rugby matches? Yeah. Um, so kind of that's become your hobby and kind of a passion almost yeah. and something to... And I think 
everybody's different, aren't they? But I, I, I guess that's been positive for your mental health and helpful to have something to focus on maybe that wasn't there. Yeah, that wasn't, yeah, around anything to do with it. And how do you feel, Lauren, in terms of the long-term impacts on your <laughs> mental health? Because obviously, you know, Richard, you very clearly said for you, and it sounds like it's difficult to, to take part today in the kind of the almost panic feeling, heart rate going, and that you try to block out because it sounds like it was, you know, quite an ordeal, your experiences. Lauren, like, is it possible, do you like move on from bullying? I have absolutely no idea because I haven't experienced it, but things I have experienced in my life, I know it's it's, it's not this easy kind of, oh, oh well, you're in your, you're in your late 20s now, Lauren. <laughs> ages ago. Like, I just, I don't think it works like that, but no. I want to hear it from you rather no. than what I'm guessing. Um, what I haven't said is I've, I have complex PTSD. Um, oh, okay. And that can come from like multiple different experiences of Trauma, and I mean, obviously, trauma is subjective. Yeah. But, and it comes from, come from early childhood experiences. Um, and I do think some of the bullying I experienced, because it was such, over such a long period, um, it's probably, well, if you like, helped form it. Oh, okay. So it's almost like little, little, um, if you like, little droplets of trauma, which is uh, nice. <laughs> And I suppose, like the way I look at it, and I'm no medical professional or expert, but anything over a sustained period of time that's repetitive, particularly negative repetition, I can only like I can only just automatically assume logically it's going to have a negative impact on us. I can't see any, I can't see any positives out of bullying, but I've not experienced it. Lauren, that's that little kind of laugh noise suggested to me for you. There was no positives, um, and I don't mean it in a flippant way. But is there anything that has been positive out of the experience? I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> you just reminded me of that thing. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Now nah, it just gives you trauma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Lauren. Dan, you're looking very thoughtful at that. Uh, anything positive? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I still I made some. I had a couple of good friends, and through the bullying, I stayed friends with them. And after school, one was a good friend. So, uh, um, I suppose we mentioned reading and music; they became great interests, and so focusing mm. on them. And I did an English degree and everything, and that sort of focusing on music is a big love of my life. So those solitary habits were a good thing, really, you know. So, uh, um, but um, yeah. Probably more negative than obviously positive, yeah. but there are positive things there, yeah, definitely, yeah. And are the things, and this is for each of you, I'll, I'll come straight back to you, Dan, and then for, for Richard and Lauren, kind of have a little think. Are the things you wish you'd have known back then or things you would have done differently or do you just think it was what it was, the bullying was what it was, it affected you in the way Um because I think, I can't remember who it was, one of you mentioned if you just didn't, you just believed and, you know, you just assume when people tell you those negative things, you just think, well, they must be true because mm. somebody said it. Are there things, just thinking of our listeners who may be experiencing bullying themselves or are supporting someone, it might be a friend, a carer or a teacher, um, trying to help um, a younger person going through bullying. Is there anything from your experience that you just think, I wish I'd have known that? I wish I'd done something different. And did you tell anybody, the three of you, did you tell anybody and get kind of told to just oof, get on with it or hit back or whatever? Or did you feel, I think one of you has already mentioned that kind of shame of not wanting to tell anyone. So quite a few questions in one, Dan. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I experienced a lot of anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder at school. And I didn't know, didn't know what was going on, so... If there'd been some information out there at the school or sort of if they'd been online or there was no internet, obviously, it was in the 1980s. So yeah. if that information had been out there and it helped me, it could have helped me to manage it because the anxiety and OCD got worse over the years. And I didn't know, I just thought I would, maybe I was a bit odd or something, you know. I had no way of managing it. If there were books or there was nothing about it then, you know. And uh, um, what was the other the, uh, so one of them was what you what you wish you'd have known. Yeah. And the other one was about telling people and the reaction you got. I did tell my parents a bit, but um, I probably thought it was more, the bullying and the environment was just in a normal school, really, and I didn't realise it was. So it was quite. Um, I didn't. T t 
I got well with my parents, but I didn't really just, no. I, I told them years afterwards and my mum yeah. said, oh, if we'd known, we would have moved you to another school or something. Oh, wow. Okay. But at the time, yeah. I didn't really, I just, um, uh, I did have, there were, it wasn't all bad experiences. There were some good as well, but I don't think they realised how bad the environment was in the school and I didn't really communicate this to my parents, you know, so. And yeah. also something you said just at the start of that when you said about, you just assumed, well, that's what school is. Yes, and I did, Which yeah. to me is quite like I thought worrying. all schools were like that, yeah, yeah. But is it, that's like, because it's never, because I've always felt I've enjoyed school, felt really positive. At no point in my life did I think, so I didn't think when I left primary school, I think, I've got to prepare myself to be bullied, now I'm going to say, like, I just did, like, so to me, I find it quite shocking to hear you say, well, I just thought, well, that's just school, isn't it? Everybody gets bullied. I think, wow, because like, yeah, yeah. that just wasn't my experience. So, like, Dan, that in itself, I find... And I really grew to hate school, really oh, hated it, really, you know. Yeah. I, so I really sort of disliked it. I, I don't miss it at all, you know, yeah. I don't miss it. Any. But Dan, it wasn't all yeah. negative, you know, so... Yeah. Dan, um, um, Richard and Lauren, like, really nodding to that, <laughs> growing to hate school, um, which obviously can have an impact on your lifelong learning as well mm, and mm. an ability to to learn. And I know, Dan, you said you did really well at school. Mm. I mean, Lauren, just to come back to you and then we'll come back to you, Richard. Did it impact, you said you were academically gifted and almost bullied for being academically gifted. I've got no idea how I would react. Did you continue to perform well at school or did you kind of think, well, one strategy not to be bullied is to start failing? Like, I don't know, you know, I just don't know how you, what your thought processes were and what happened. So how did it kind of pan out in terms of your, you know, because we are at school to learn, aren't we, as well, and get academic qualifications. So did the bullying impact in either way? It could have gone the other. You could have been more determined to get straight A's. I have no idea. Basically, I think I'm a bit of a paradox because um, I just, I was like, I'm kind of a perfectionist and a people pleaser. Yeah. And I was just like, um, I didn't like participate in class a lot because I didn't want to send out in that way. Yeah. And then the fear of getting the answer wrong and things like that. Yeah. Um, I just carried on doing what I was doing because I was like, I don't want to screw up my marks and things. Yeah. Which still made me a target. So I was on a lose-lose. Yeah. Really. But luckily not to the detriment of your academic performance because I have heard, you know, other experiences where people go the other way and think, well, one way to stop being bullied is to either not go to school and all of these different things. So... Lauren, it sounds as though you continue to attend, sort of possibly at the detriment to your mental health. But in terms of your academic attainment, yeah. you... There was no faking getting out of school in miles. My mum's a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard, um, any further thoughts from you on, on that one? Um, yes. Um, yeah, it, it definitely affected my schoolwork and um, academic achievements i mean i remember my first form order at um secondary school i came quite high up i was quite near the top um and when i first started at secondary school um i was doing quite well i mean i, I wasn't brilliant but i was in the top stream and you know and yeah seemed to be doing pretty well um, and it was kind of after the first year that the bullying began and it was noticeable that then my marks began to trail off. Um, I was finding it, I found it very hard to study with my OCD because one of the things was that I had to keep rereading things and going over and over things, going back to the beginning of a page, reading it again. That just seemed to get worse. And I, I think it was partly because of the anxiety around, around bullying and what was going on at school. Um, and like Dan was saying, you know, I just grew to hate school. I just didn't, just didn't want to be there. Um, and I eventually, I failed all my A-levels, which is a huge disappointment oh, to me. Okay. Because I wanted, I would, would have liked to have gone on to university. Yeah. Um, but in my 20s, I started doing an OU degree. So I got a 2-1 from the OU. 
Um, And then I did a master's um, in Leeds to progress with my career and pass that with merit. So, yeah, I really made up for, you know, the the disappointment earlier on. Um, But, yeah, I do regret not having had the experience of going to a conventional university. And I think a lot of it was just down to um, what went on at school, which, which just made things so much worse for me with my mental health and so on. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just for the, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, when you were talking, Richard, about um, OCD and rereading and having to reread, you know, Dan, you were really nodding on to that, nodding along to that. And I think just the time it must have taken mm-hmm. to study. Yeah. And, and one yeah. thing I did want to ask you specifically, Richard, is around, because you mentioned right at the start that your bullying, it was homophobic bullying. That was the kind of motivation, if that's the right word, for the bullies. So we know, because of the work we're doing at York End in Stigma, that people from the LGBTQ plus community are more likely to experience mental ill health. So I'm just really interested from your perspective, Rich, and I know it's probably not a, not a clear cut thing as to, you know, there's a lot going on there, you know, realise it, because I think you said your classmates realised your sexuality before you did. You're trying to come to terms with it. You know, at that age, we're all trying to figure ourselves out. Your OCD um, symptoms. Um, you mentioned as well other mental health diagnoses in your introduction. So I'm just really interested in your personal personal perspective as to... What, if anything, is the main? Do you think the bullying was like a really big factor or just didn't help? And I'm just interested in your perspective because there's lots of different things going on there which kind of statistically put you at at, at risk, for want Mm -hmm. of a better phrase, of experiencing poor mental health. Is there, do you think there was something around your sexuality of its own that impacted on your mental health or the bullying specifically being about that or... And I know I really appreciate this is a really complex question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not expecting you to go and ta-da, this, you know. But I'm just interested in your thoughts, Richard. I think my struggles with my sexuality and the bullying were definitely f- factors. Um, in fact, the OCD, a lot of, when it first started, um, a lot of it was um, unwanted sexual imagery and thoughts. Oh, okay. Um, And I'd have to sort of, felt that I had to perform various compulsions or go through various rituals to sort of try and get rid of these, you know, what I thought of as as dirty, shameful thoughts. Um, And for a time, I actually thought that um, it was my sexuality that was, the, you know, the cause of my mental health problems. Oh, really? Um, okay. And maybe with the, yeah, with the effects of the bullying as well, making me generally more of anxious and depressed. Um, it was only in adult life that, I came to realise that several family members also had poor mental health. Um, But it was something that just wasn't talked about in the family and still isn't really. Um, It's like brush it under the carpet, pretend it doesn't exist sort of thing. Um, And even, yeah, my parents' attitude as well, I mean, despite my mum having poor mental health, it's always been a bit like, as though they were trying to pretend that I was okay, that there wasn't really any problem, um, which wasn't really very helpful. Um, But yeah, so I mean, looking back, I think, yeah, maybe there was a genetic predisposition to it. But certainly I don't, I think that the bullying and the the problems that I had 
come into terms with my sexuality and, you know, the way society was about that at that time, because this was in the 1980s as well. Um, That was certainly a contributing factor, I think, yeah. And I think, Richard, just to come back on to what you're saying about family experiences of of mental ill health and it not being taught, it comes right back down to that stigma and shame, doesn't it? Which is Mm -hmm. exactly why we're doing these podcasts, is to get people talking about their experiences and it helps us to have an understanding. And particularly you mentioning about unwanted images in terms of OCD. You know, there's some very stereotypical views out there about OCD being about, you know, cleaning and tidying, Mm, not about, you know, there Mm. might be people listening to this who've got no idea that, you know, images that you, you know, can't necessarily remove from your your mind, repetitive images. I think it's just, just thank you so much for sharing your experience. I think it will help people to get that understanding and that knowledge because I think, the shame and the stigma and not having the conversations is just a huge, huge, huge part of the problem. Mm. Yeah. Um, so thank you for that, uh, Richard. Dan, you um, were in a lot of agreement when Richard was talking earlier about rereading things at school. And I know this isn't strictly on the on the subject of bullying, but did that impact? Did anybody pick up on that um, in the classroom? Did people, were you ever bullied for maybe being slower at reading or, or anything like that? Was there an impact there? It, it, it really, um, I mean, academically I did well ultimately, but it was up and down actually for quite a while. But so it did, I think a lot of anxiety did impact me at times, but ultimately I did well. But the rereading, yeah, I did start to do that at school and I, and I could be very slow at times, but mostly I was fine. It, that, when I got to university, that's when that became a real major issue, the rereading and the, uh, OCD, re- reading, spending hours reading one line or something. And it did start at school, but it got worse later, actually, that that sort of... I didn't know what, why I would just focus on one or two lines, but I mostly managed it, I think. I think maybe my home life was quite good and I could sort of relax a bit at home or something. And, uh, um, but, um, yeah, um, I did have sort of OCD rituals at school and sort of repetitive disturbing thoughts, and they took up time. And I'd, I I just thought... It meant that, the thoughts I had made me think I was a really bad person, not that I was mentally unwell. That's what I thought. Uh-huh. I was just, just a really bad person. And I couldn't even tell my parents about it. You know, I got all these dis- disturbing thoughts. So, uh, um, yeah, there was no discussion about mental health or mental illness or anything. You know, it was just, uh, you're a bad person. Keep it to yourself, you know, and try not to think about it, you know. Push it out. Whereas now I believe the thing is to try and imbr- accept the thoughts. I, I tried to push them out, which made them worse, in fact, you know, so... I'm just interested, Dan, for you, because, um, you know, Lauren, you mentioned about being bullying, um, bullied for, for the way that you, you look. You talked about having, you know, when you would then left school and jaw surgery. Richard, you've mentioned homo- homophobic bullying. But Dan, I'm, I'm not sure that we've heard much from you about what the cause was for the bullying, because it sounds as though you kept very silent about your your mental ill health, didn't tell anybody about disturbing thoughts i can only assume that then children weren't bullying you because of that because they didn't know about it well, one thing um it was a very white school that i went to and i a bit weird i'm actually white british but i spent a bit of time abroad when i was at um younger and i had slightly tanned skin and i yeah. got loads of comments about that and you're you, it's, it's weird because i'm actually white british but i got called racist names a lot and and that actually became part of my ocd the racist wow. I'm, the, the ironic thing is i'm actually white british but i got these names you know um you can probably guess what the names were yeah. and some of them were a bit light-hearted but some were quite went in a nasty way and that also became part of my my first real obsession was around those thoughts you know I got got a lot of those names you know it was such a almost hardly anybody was everybody was white at the school you know so you know there was a lot of racist ideas yeah Yeah, it it was a bit it was all a bit weird you know so it's sort of so it's you know like I would describe it as even though you think you're white British but just so happened your skin tone naturally it's a bit darker. Is, is, is a bit darker. And, and people really so pick up on that, yeah. So it just goes to show, doesn't it, these, you know, whatever the sort of homophobia, people racism, pick on things, how, I don't know how you describe bullying for someone for how they look. There's probably is a word, but I don't know what it is. It just, these, it's about being different, isn't it? It is, yeah. So they're less yeah. alone. Yeah, if you, yeah. If, you don't, if you stand out, then you're just... 
So picked on, yeah, yeah. So let alone then describing or talking about your mental health, especially when you think everybody else has got perfectly good mental health, you know, it can be that more of a, you know, another thing um, that's, that's different, is it? Which again is why I think it's so important that we're talking about these things. Um, Lauren, and just looking at the time as well, we'll we need to start drawing it to a close. But is there anything based on what you've heard um, that you want to add or anything you've not had a chance to mention? I mean, I'm just thinking of the um, line that gets tossed around that says, that people say, that said, school's the best days of your lives. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it does cause me a little bit of anxiety. It's like you're expected to have the best time of your life at school. That's not really the reality. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, Lauren, that making... Because I can, I can only translate how something like that would make me feel if I was in that situation. Dismissed and invalidated, which wouldn't mm-hmm. be any good for my mental health. No, I had... Um, I went through two um, deaths of close... Um, of my close grandparents when I started secondary school as well, so that tied into bullying. Did really did not help. Gosh... And it's almost when we're at our most vulnerable as well, isn't it? These things can have an even more of a, you know, bullying. It can have yeah. more of a negative effect on us. Um, one thing and we probably haven't got time for, I was wondering about the, it's for another podcast, about the impacts into later life, whether that then translated into work, but, you know, does being bullied at school make you more susceptible, or I can see some nods, <laughs> susceptible to kind of workplace bullying situations. But we really are <laughs> coming to the end of the time. Lauren, was there anything else you wanted to add on before I ask um, the others for their final thoughts? No, I don't think so. No. Dan, any final thoughts from your, I think, not well, said? What Lauren said, echoed, I mean, yeah, I really don't want to go, wouldn't want to go back to school. There were, not every year was bad, but I sort of hated a lot of it and I really don't miss it at all, really. So that's, that's my overlap. It's, I'm really pleased to be an adult and more in control of my life and sort of that away from that environment. So it, it, I don't look back fondly now. Um, there were one or two people I did like and, I, and, um, and I, I did quite well academically, but I have no wish to be back there, you know, so. And I think um, hearing that is... One of the myths and stigmas um, that we've sometimes talked about at, at York and in Stigma is around that, of what have young people got to worry about? Oh, you're just an easy life, you're just mm-hmm. at school, you've not, go, not got any bills to pay, Absolutely. whatever. But actually, from hearing from the three of you, nothing easy about being a young person, particularly mm. a young person experiencing bullying. I think, for me, I'm picking up that message to people listening is, you're taking this seriously, it's having you know, a major impact on young people's mental mm. health. You know, for anybody working with young people, particularly within the education and the school system, I've got no idea what, what things are in place. I would hope um, that there are you know, more things in place these days and people are having those more open, honest conversations. Um, because that's really struck me, because I loved being at school, so it's really struck me today. And I really struggle with my mental health. And I just think, I don't know how I would have coped um, with bullying on top. So I think that's been a really important point. Um, thank you, Dan. Richard, any final thoughts from you? Um, yeah, that phrase that Lauren said about your school days being the best days of your life, um, that occurred to me earlier as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just seems that, you, yeah, it just seems so wrong because it's, completely contrary to my own experience. Um, although, you know, I mean, you've said, Emma, obviously it's not the same for everyone. Um, but, yeah, certainly it was that way for me. Um, I mean, in terms of the... with regard to the long-term effects, I mean, um, I have experience bullying at work um even in my current job uh, which i joe very happy in a few years back there was a bit of bullying going on that passed over fairly quickly though um but it felt it was painful it, it really it really upset me because it, it brought back all the memories of, of, of school bullying um and in my first job, um, I was bullied by 
a boss who was quite sort of macho, I would say. He was a younger guy, um, probably quite homophobic. Um, on one occasion, he even made a comment about me to someone else with, within earshot, um, which was clearly homophobic. Um, I never, I mean, I never told anyone what was going on, though partly because, yeah, I just didn't want to resurrect all that, but also because yeah. that particular employer wasn't very supportive anyway. Um, Whole other podcast there, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have actually got some podcasts on uh, and, mental health um, in the workplace, but yeah, yeah I can, I can sort of. Um, see where you're coming from. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I mean, I wasn't there m for much longer before I left um, mm -hmm. for my current job, which I've been in for over 30 years. And like I say, apart from um, those few incidents a few years back, um, it's been a much more positive experience and been much more... Um, much more inclusive as an employer. And yeah, they do take an interest and they are concerned about things like the employee's mental health and, and stuff, um, which for someone like me is, is, is important because like I say, I, I, I do still carry the scars from school bullying and you know, I think I'll always have them. Yeah, thank mm. you, Richard. Uh, I think, yeah, that longevity of the impact has really struck with me. One thing as well, just in terms of a final word for myself, is I've not heard any of you say anything negative about your bullies. You've not been that blame or that. And again, we haven't got the experience in the room. We haven't got the time and it will be a whole other podcast. But I would wonder about the the mental health and how mentally well bullies are. Um, but I've just been struck about how you've, you've talked uh, really openly and honestly, which I really appreciate You've talked about some of that internalization of the words you've heard from bullies, but not a single one of you, and I think it's a credit to you, not a single one of you has put that blame or that. Uh, so I think it's really interesting to hear you, the way you talk about your experiences, um, I, I think is it's quite heartwarming really and not necessarily I'm probably saying it because not necessarily the approach I might have had I don't know because I've not been in that situation um but that is something I really picked up from from the three of you um so all that's left for me to say is is thank you so much so thank you Richard thank you Dan and thank you Lauren for joining me today and thank you to our listeners for listening thank you <laughs>